Uh, let me kind of give you just a little background on this week, kind of what we've been doing, so you'll better understand kind of where I'm going this morning. This past Wednesday, of course, we did Ground Zero on Power Kids, and I was in Ground Zero. And then as soon as that service was over, I came down to Power um, to, from Power Kids to Ground Zero, and we had church Wednesday night in Ground Zero. Then we had church Thursday night in Ground Zero. Then we had church Friday night in Ground Zero. We called it Refresh. And every one of those nights, Wednesday night, Thursday night and Friday night, this room was packed with teenagers, and uh, we worshiped together, we prayed together, uh, they heard the word of God together, and God did some amazing things. So I've been in four churches, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, plus I haven't preached in two weeks, so have you ever taken a Coke and shaken it before, and then take your thumb off, right? Well, that's how I'm feeling this morning. Okay, so there's no, yeah, so there's, there's no, I, I just got to give you a disclaimer on what might happen this morning, Amen. So uh, we had an incredible time doing that, and uh, God moved in in an incredible and a powerful way. And uh, so I want to read to you this morning out of Mark chapter 13. I'm going to read two portions of Scripture to you, and then uh, I'm going to share some things with you. Let me pray. Father, thank you this morning for this great church. Thank you for this great group of believers, this great group of people. Father, I know people went to trouble to get up, get ready, and be here this morning. And God, we're here because of you. Jesus, we're here because of what you've done for us. And we're so incredibly thankful for what you're doing in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Mark 10, 13. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. Now, let me stop right there. That's why we do Grand Zero on Power Kids is because we want to get kids with Jesus so he can touch them and bless them, and he does it every week. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. That sounds like old church folks, doesn't it? Right? That sounds like old church folks, right? Hey, we don't want those kids messing up anything. But when the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him, when Jesus saw what had happened, he was angry with the disciples. And he said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Now, let me stop right there and explain something to you. He doesn't say that you have to be a child. What he says is he wants you to have a heart of a child. And what does that mean? Well, children are vulnerable. Okay, children are not self-sufficient. See, as adults, we learn to be self-sufficient, but children are not self-sufficient. They need the help of an adult to get by in life. Well, God wants you to address him to have the same attitude toward him. See, a step into self-sufficiency is a step away from God. Now, let me say it again. A step into self-sufficiency is a step away from God. You see, God doesn't want you depending on yourself, your own means, your own plans. He wants you to have those things, but he wants you to depend on him. Listen to what it says. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. Now, here's the first thing I want you to think about this morning. Jesus says children, and when I say children, I mean from the nursery through the 12th grade. When I say children, that's who I mean. So when you hear me use that word this morning, that's who I want you to think about. From from nursery through 12th grade. Children, as far as Jesus Christ is concerned, have a high priority in the kingdom. They're supposed to take our time. 
They're supposed to take our talent, and they're supposed to take our resources. We're supposed to be putting our time, our prayers, and our energy into children, according to what Jesus said. Now, I want to go to Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to start reading with verse 46. Then his disciples began arguing about which one of them was the greatest. That sounds like adult Christians, doesn't it? Right? Who's, who's, uh, hey, hey, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. Listen to this. But Jesus knew their thoughts, so he brought a little child to his side, and he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my Father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. Now, I want you to back up. I'm going to back up to the beginning of verse 48, and I want you to see something Jesus said. He said to them, anyone who welcomes a child like this one in my behalf welcomes me. Now, don't miss this. You know what Jesus just said? He said that when we open our doors down at Power Kids, when we open the doors in the nursery, when we open our doors in Ground Zero, when we welcome teenagers, when we welcome children, and we welcome them into the name of Jesus, it's the same as welcoming him. It's the same as welcoming him. Now, listen to what he says. He says, it's the same as welcoming me also welcomes my father who sent me for whoever's the least is the greatest. Now, I think this is amazing, and I want to encourage you with it this morning. I know you know that our heart at Tulia Christian Fellowship is kids and teenagers. Okay, our ministry here is kids and teenagers, and we also provide adult care. Okay, Right? Yeah, okay. Now, here's how most churches are. Most churches' ministries about adults, and then they provide care for children and teenagers. We're just the opposite. You see, we put ministry time and effort into kids and teenagers, and then we also provide adult care. Jesus said when you welcome a child, he said when you welcome a teenager in my name, it's the same as welcoming, welcoming me. And if you welcome me, it's the same as welcoming my father. So I said it already, but let me say it one more time. In the kingdom of God, kids, teenagers, babies have a high priority to God. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church with such great people that we have a high priority for the very same thing. For years, we've poured our heart into children. For years, we've poured our heart into teenagers. And God has blessed us and taken care of us. I've got a friend in the ministry who was traveling many years ago in the early days of his ministry. He traveled from church to church, and he did kids' ministry. He did, back in those days, what they call kids' crusades. And what he would do is he'd go into a church and have services, and everybody would bring their children, and he would do a service for the children. And he had friends who told him this, hey, you're never going to survive taking care, doing kids' ministry. You're never going to survive going church to church ministering to kids because kids don't have any money. The adults have the money. Well, he didn't listen to them, thank God. He stuck it out and stayed where he was. And then thank God we didn't listen to that same message. And we've put our time and energy into kids and into teenagers. Now, here's what the Lord told me years ago. He said, if you'll help those who can't help themselves, and I'm primarily talking about nursery through 12th grade kids, If you'll help those who can't help themselves, I'll go to war for you. And that's exactly what he's done for us. Because we've poured our time and our energy into children and teenagers, God has moved in our church, moved in our lives, moved in our family, and moved in this community. 
Now, this last week, we just got through doing refresh. And refresh is what Kurt calls having church three nights in a row for teenagers. Now, just imagine with me for a minute. Kurt gets up here on Wednesday night. This room is full of teenagers. And he says, hey, uh, we're having church tomorrow night. Then he gets up on Thursday night and says, hey, we're having church again tomorrow night. And every one of those three nights, it was packed with hungry teenagers. Now, now they were hungry for food. They're hungry for basketball. The boys are hungry to see the girls. The girls are hungry to see the boys. Amen? It's called bait, right? Anybody ever been fishing without bait? No, right? Okay, it's bait, but they were also hungry for God. And the last three nights, we saw God do some amazing, incredible things. Listen to this next thought. Children are the harvest. We believe that. Kids and teenagers are the harvest. But they're not just the harvest. They're also the laborers. Listen, right here in Tulia Christian Fellowship, God is using elementary school children and he's using high school students and junior high students to do ministry and they're doing ministry to other students. We had prayer right up here and it's packed with kids, packed with kids. And there are adults praying with kids, but there are also teenagers praying with other teenagers. And God is using kids and God's using teenagers to do ministry. And this isn't something new. This has been going on in this church for many, many years. A lot of the young ones that have gone through her are grown, they're married, they have their own children, but God is using them to do ministry. Now, here's what happened this last week. It's for sixth through 12th grade. That's who it's for. But we had some fifth graders from Power Kids sneak in. Okay, now they're sneaking into church, folks, right? Sneaking. Have y'all ever snuck in somewhere before, right? Have you, don't look at your neighbor, okay, right? Right? I've, I've been in some places where I needed a fake ID. Y'all ever been there, right? Right? You ever been in those stores and the guy takes a double take at it? Like, are you really 18? Right? Okay, have you ever, you ever been to the back door of the movie and your friend's going to hold it open? Or been in the trunk of the car to go in the drive-in? Now, if y'all are young, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? We've all snuck in some places, but these kids are sneaking into church. And they're fifth graders, and they come up and they sit on the front row. And as God begins to minister to our teenagers, listen, I can't describe to you how amazing those services were. When the Holy Spirit touches you, and you felt this, I know many of you have experienced this just like I have. When the presence of the living God touches your heart, and I don't mean your blood pump, I mean the real you, tears flow pretty easily. When you get in God's presence, you cry. Now listen, we couldn't make teenage boys cry if you put a pistol in their ribs. They won't cry. Men won't cry. Teenage boys cry. But they're up here lined up across this altar, and they're weeping. And they're not weeping because they're emotional. They're not weeping because we're doing anything to move them emotionally. They're weeping because the Spirit of God is touching them and ministering to them. And these little fifth-grade boys are sitting right up here on the front row, and tears are just running down their face. Then one of their older brothers who's in ground zero, I didn't even know they were brothers, The older brother comes over and begins to hug them and begins to talk to them because God's doing amazing work in their life. Then we have those other young men. Uh, I'm standing at the back Friday night, and there's some young men back there. And they came up to me and they said, worship had just started. We started the first song. And they came up to me and they said, we got to get out of here. We got to go. 
And I said, well, you're free to go. We would, you know, we wouldn't make anybody stay. But here's what I've seen over the years. And I know you've heard me talk about it before. Whether we go to camp or whether we're having a youth service, used to the room would kind of be divided in the middle. There was kind of a demilitarized zone. And here's what would happen. When the worship starts, see, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. When we did that last song this morning, did you feel that? Did you get goosebumps? Well, you know what that is, right? It's the living God. See, it's not your emotions, and and the song is great, but I mean, I I hope y'all couldn't hear me singing, but I'm singing from the top of my lungs, I'm singing. You know why? Because God's in this place. So he's in here with the teenagers, and as the presence of God begins to fill this room, uh, kids do two things. They either run to the front or they run to the back. At camp, we saw it year after year after year. You know, you'd be up in the front where the presence, and God's all over the building, I'm not saying that, but the kids that are up front who want God, then the other kids are going to the back, and they're clamoring trying to get out of the door, and the Bible calls that weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we had two groups of kids, and we had very few kids that didn't want to be here. Over the years, it's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. But we had a few kids who said, man, I I can't stay here, I gotta go. And so we let them go. But the majority of kids ran to the front. Now, let me make this statement to you one more time, and I want you to see something. Okay, kids are the harvest, but they're not just the harvest. They're also the laborers. Okay, we had uh, a second grader here. His mom comes to serve, uh, and I, wanted, I want you to, it's uh, Michelle and Toby Nolan. She served in the coffee bar, and so she brought her kids with her. Little second grade boy, he's in Power Kids, and uh, he's not here, is he? Where is he? Henry, come up here. Henry, thank you for staying, brother. Thank you for, st- isn't he adorable? Look at him. All right, would y'all come up too, Ashley? Would you come up? <clears throat> Henry's a second grader, and he's in the services with the youth, and he's got a box of Kleenex, and he's walking along giving out Kleenex, and tears are running down his face, and he's praying for kids, high school kids, and he's a second grader. (laughs) Then this is Ashley, and she's in the eighth grade, and didn't you live in Arkansas? But she got here as fast as she could. She got here as fast as she could. And this is Sadie, and she's a seventh grader. And they served, and they worked, and they worked in the coffee bar, and they helped, and they made such a difference. And we've got, we've got, I told, I told him, I said, you know, you just need to stay in ground zero. And he said, no, I better go back to power, kids. <laughs> you know, he's in the second grade. All I want you to see is, is these three young people were serving students, ministering to students, and God's not just using adults. God, God's using teenagers and, and little Henry, right? All right, y'all can go be seated. Thank you very much. <clears throat> the next one I want to brag on is Tanner. Tanner, would you mind coming up here? I don't want to embarrass you. This is Tanner. He lives in uh, Nazareth, and his mom are Justin and Kendall sitting right there. Joy and Melvin are his grandparents, and he's in the sixth grade, and uh, he's been through Power Kids, but he's been staying in Power Kids to help and to serve, and he's been doing the sound booth. We have a sound booth just like that in Power Kids, and we do computers, and we do two different things. There's a computer that controls the lights. We have colored lights. Then there's a computer that controls what you see on the screen. So I put him up in the sound 
sound booth and I showed him how to do the lights and he did the lights one week, one week. And then he said to me, is this all I'm going to do? And I said, no, man, there's no, no, I've got more you can do. So I, I showed him how to do the computer. Well, this last Wednesday, we had some of our volunteers out and he went up into the sound booth and he ran the lights and he ran the computer. Now they're far apart from each other and you have to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time. Okay. And so he's going back and forth doing both of them at the same time. Would y'all give him a hand? I don't leave yet. All right. I'm, I'm not embarrassing you, am I? Heck no, my gosh. So he's doing both of them because some of our other volunteers couldn't be there. And we have a little timer that we use when we do a, we do a memory game with a memory verse. And uh, I couldn't figure out how to turn it on. So who do you think knew how to turn it on? Okay. And, and he's, you, know, you, know how, you know how he's like, he's like, oh, it's right here. Oh, and you touch this and you do this and you move this. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Because I didn't know how to do it, and he, and he knew how. And I got, I've got to brag on him on one more thing. One of the things that we do in Power, in, in power Kids is we give out Power Bucks. And many of your children over the years have had Power Bucks. And primarily the way you get a Power Buck is you do a memory verse, and then you say the memory verse to me after the service. And many of your children come home with Power Bucks, and we have a little store, and you can take your Power Bucks. I wish they'd take these down at Lowe's, but... Uh, <laughs> They only work in the store, and uh, you can buy a prize. Okay, why am I telling you this? Well, Tanner earned every single one of these when he was in Power Kids, and every one of them represents a verse that he learned and memorized. But, now, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. But he came in one Wednesday, and he had this envelope, and he had all these Power Kids in this envelope, and he said, hey, Pastor Rusty, I want to give you these Power Bucks. And I said, Man, I want you to spend them. I want you to get get something. He could have bought the whole store with all these, right? He could have had his dad bring his pickup and back it up. And we'll just, man, we're liquidating, right? And, here, and here's what he said. He said, oh, oh, no, Pastor. He said, I don't want to buy anything. He said, I want you to use these power bucks who, to help other kids. I'm going to cry. Who don't have any to get something. This kid is doing ministry. This kid is doing ministry. He's working in power, kids, doing the lights, doing the sound, doing better than I ever could have done. Then he's not only doing that, he's a giver. And kids are being used right in our midst to do ministry. Amen? Would y'all give him a hand clap one more time? Thanks, bro. I love you. You can go sit down. Brooklyn Birkenfeld, she's not here, is she? Didn't she have to leave? She was in the early service. Brooklyn is Jason and Brittany's uh, daughter. She's a fifth grader, and she leads praise and worship in Power Kids. And uh, we have kids on the platform, but then she stands out, and she leads them in the motions and the moves, and she's doing worship. Now, I could go on and on, and, I, and if I left anybody out, that's not my heart at all. There's so many people that serve and help. But here's all I want you to see in this this morning, Okay. God's using kids and he's using teenagers to minister to other kids and to other teenagers. 
And God is using adults. As I look across this room, I see all of my faithful volunteers who serve so faithfully every week in Ground Zero and Power Kids. And God is using us as adults. But God, more importantly, is using kids and teenagers. And they're growing up knowing how to pray for each other. They're growing up learning how to do ministry. They're growing up learning how to serve in church. And listen, folks, and we've seen it for many generations back. This isn't the first time this has happened. As I look across this room, many of you have adult children that served in Ground Zero and that helped and made a difference. God is still doing it. And all I want you to see is God's moving. God's doing amazing things. I've been praying for a long time that God would pour revival out in Ground Zero and Power Kids and that that revival would spill over into our schools and it would spill over into our halls and into our classrooms and into the coaches and into the staff at the school. And then it would pour out into this community. And listen, God is doing that even as we stand here this morning, even as I speak this morning, God is doing it. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because I want you to be encouraged. Listen, thanks for giving. We're spending the money as fast as you put it in the plate. <clears throat> right, we are. Right. We don't have any CDs at Tulia Christian Fellowship. We just don't have any. You know why? We're doing ministry. We bought a new game across the street, and it's called Nine Square. And if you drive by over there, it's these blue poles. It's this funny-looking blue thing. And uh, about 25 kids at a time played it, and we, we bought it new for Wednesday night. And they, they, they get there, and they play it. They play it until they come across the street. They go back across the street, and they play it until we make them go home. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to go. We turn out the lights. You know, we put on that song, Happy Trails, uh, you know, until we see you again. And, and they won't leave. Now, now and I'm not, I want you to understand my heart. <clears throat> that game we bought over there cost $800. Now, you think, my gosh, Pastor, you spent $800 on a game for kids? That's our heart, and I know it's your heart. And we minister to about 250 to 300 kids and teenagers every single week. We have church Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and this room is packed with teenagers who are being ministered to, who receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Right out here on the sidewalk, we set up that stock tank, and we baptized 12 teenagers Thursday night who accepted Christ. Amen. <clears throat> now, we, let me tell you something about baptism that's amazing. Uh, we have young people who come prepared to be baptized. Kurt talks about it on Wednesday, and then they come ready to be baptized. But then we have those kids who come, and they weren't prepared to be baptized, and they'll get baptized in their clothes. Okay, and I'm thinking of a young lady right now in, in my heart who over the last two or three years came. She wasn't prepared. She didn't come to be baptized. But listen, the Spirit of God moved on her heart, and she came up and said, I want to be baptized, and she got baptized in her clothes. Now listen, there's one thing teenage girls are, are like cats. They don't want to get wet, right? <laughs> Right, and I, I don't, you thought I was going to say something bad, didn't you? Right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, right? You know how girls are. Girls, man, you know, they dress up. They got to look fine. I mean, they show up, man. You know, they want Jesus, but they want you know to look at the boys, right? So to get dunked underwater in your clothes. So all I'm saying is, is the reason they do that, and we had it this week. It's because there's a hunger in God, a hunger of God in their hearts to be baptized. And we bring extra towels, and they, and they get baptized, and they get ministered to. Now, here's what I want you to know this morning. God's doing amazing things in our midst. 
God's doing amazing things in this church. I'm so blessed and proud to be a part of this church. I'm so blessed and proud to call you friends and to call you brothers and sisters in Christ. And God is moving, moving, moving right here in Tulia, Texas, right here in Swisher County. I want to read you one more verse, and then I'm going to pray and we'll close. It's in uh, Matthew 18. Listen to what this says. If a man had a hundred sheep and one of them wandered away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hill and go out to search for the one that's lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more more over than the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it's not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Let me read you the last sentence one more time. It is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones would perish. What's God's will? Well, God's will is that we go after the one, we go after the child, we go after the third grader, we go after the sixth grader, we go after the junior in high school, and we reach them for Christ. What did Jesus say? It says right here, Jesus didn't say this. It's in the New Testament. It says it's not the Father's will that we lose one of them. Amen? So I'm thankful for what you're doing. I'm thankful to be a part of what God's got going on here, and lives are being changed. Would you bow your head and let me pray for you? Father God, I want to thank you this morning for all that you're doing in our lives. I'm so thankful for this great church. I'm thankful for this community and this county and that all that you're doing in our families, in our children, in our grandchildren. Father God, it's amazing to stop and watch you work. It's amazing to see what you're doing in our midst. Father, I thank you for all that you've done and for all that you're going to do. I pray your grace on Ground Zero for the rest of this year, your grace on Power Kids, your grace on our volunteers and our leaders and those who serve so faithfully. Father, for those who give and who are faithful in their giving, that, Father God, we would be right in the middle of the harvest and that children would be reached for Christ, teenagers would be reached for Christ, adults would be reached for Christ. Father Kurt said just the other day that all we're going to take to heaven with us is people. And, Lord, we want to take a bunch with us. Father, strengthen and encourage each of us today that you are at work in our lives and in our midst. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Would you stand, please?